Smile off for nipples is the phrase of the podcast. <laughs> I'll try to put that in the on in the beginning and see if people will pay attention. <laughs> All right. All right, it's the Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 124. I am Adam Chance, and with me always is Richard and Roy. Good evening, everyone. This is Rich coming from St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, I'm uh, Roy, and I am from Holland, Michigan. And it is about 45 degrees here right now. It was beautiful here today. I think it was was well into the 60s. Everybody was outside. Like, literally, everyone just went out to their porches and hung out. I saw people walking around the neighborhood that I haven't seen in three months. It was nice. And, Adam, I saw that on Twitter Twitter that you had a a fractional inch of snow. Did... did, He's dead. He How didn't make go it. up in flames around there. Or? It, was, it was terrible. We we were eating our dead. It was awful. <laughs> it 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 was bad. It was really really bad. Um. Yeah. So yeah. That yeah. It it literally they. It was. I think it was forecasted to be somewhere between like an inch to three, and it ended up being like maybe an inch, and it was all like at night. It, it was so weird. Because, like, right before, you know, when it got dark the day, you know, the day before, it was like 65 degrees outside. <laughs> and then just over, over after midnight, it dropped to, like, 20 and started raining, and that's where it came from. And so, yeah, uh, my work was like, oh, no, it's a delayed start, you know, instead of coming in at 8, everybody come in at 10. So, you know, it, yeah. And all these schools were canceled and stuff, and yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, did you grow up in Mississippi? Yes, yeah. I grew okay. up even further south in Mississippi from so, where I am now. The trick of us northerners, when it's snowing out, if you go out driving in your car, it's like you're in hyperspace in the Millennium Falcon. I know, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, so I've seen those pictures on Reddit. I'm like, oh, driving in the snow, I can't even imagine. How do you not die? <laughs> I mean, we can barely drive in the rain down here. No, well. Anyway, uh, this podcast starts us out in January, and uh, January, maybe I'll edit that. Um, This podcast starts in uh, February, and it's been just about a year. It's our Uh, birthday. Yeah, sometime about a year. And so I did this post on the the website, on chanceofgaming.com, talking about uh, just us looking at a year. And um, basically... Uh, before this episode, we've done thirty uploads. It's not not episodes. Uh, in fact, this is uh this is the twenty fourth episode we've done, and so we've done like six standalone interviews or specials or whatever. Uh, as of when I did that post, they had been downloaded a total of four thousand twenty times, which is pretty good. Um, and I talk about our different, the, the structure of the episode where, you know, we, we welcome, we banter, we talk about what we've been playing, 
what's on your radar, which is like older new things you've just discovered. Maybe we'll have an interview, we'll talk about some news, and then we'll close. So basically what I'd like from you guys that are listening to this is like, what do you like that we do? What do you not like? What would you like us to do that we're not doing? What is there anything we would change or add? You know, it's, I'm willing to consider options because I, I want to grow the fan base. You know, I you know I I like where we're we're going and I kind of want to just get going. I wish I had some like locals that were really good with uh, you know editing and whatnot and loved gaming and all this stuff because i would really love to up like the youtube game that we have because i really think nowadays you get more traction i think on youtube videos than you do on podcast episodes you know and so that's kind of a thing that i I would love to you know kind of up our game on but i don't know i just want to know what do you like what do you not like you can comment there on Twitter or drop us a line at chanceofgaming at gmail.com. I would greatly appreciate it. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like Bruce has said some stuff before, Richard. Was it Bruce or maybe not him? Yeah. Somebody was like, Bru- uh, you guys should be more focused. That's probably Mitch. Uh, yeah. If, if somebody told us to be more focused, it sounds <laughs> like something Mitch would say, not Bruce. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know both of those guys, and this sounds more like Mitch. So yeah, Mitch, if you're listening, let us know if we should be more focused. I know. And what I know we're listening okay. to though, so let us know if we should be more focused. What what should we? Yeah, I would on? actually love to hear some uh, any feedback at all. I mean, tell us tell us that uh, some part of the show is stupid and we should cut it out, or tell us we should do more of something or whatever. I'd I, yeah, I'd love to hear feedback. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys should totally get into the My Little Pony collectible card game. And just make the show Absolutely. about that. You know, I'd be willing to consider it, you know, if there's like... Or at, 15, least, at least a 15-minute segment on it every time. Right. If, you know, if 15 people message, you know, send it in saying that, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I have I'll get my daughter on to be a guest back. host. Really? You played it some, Roy? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Is it is it easy to learn? Because I always think, like, Magic the Gathering is, like, the easiest one. And anybody that has to invent some new way of, of playing it is, uh, yeah, it, it's harder. Well, it's not confrontational like Magic. You're not trying to kill the other player. Basically, you're trying to solve solve problems. And uh, you're competing. So each person brings a, uh, a deck of problems that have to be solved. And you can either solve your problem or you can solve your opponent's problem. But you're just trying to um, get those problems solved and um, get to so many points uh, to end the game. Um, so, I mean, it's, I don't know, we, we got into it because my daughter was into My Little Pony. And uh, we actually tried hosting a, uh, a game night at our FLGS, but of course nobody showed up. It was just my wife and I and uh, the proprietor of the store was playing every now and then, too. Now, okay, you're telling me these horses show up with emotional baggage, and I have to help them sort through it. <laughs> no, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's all in the flavor text, but it's like you get a... Uh, uh, get the sprites out of the out of the greenery or something like that, and okay. so it requires like... a certain number of colors. So there's colors associated with with it, like magic. Um, and you you know you're going to send your ponies out to solve the problem. There's also troublemakers that come in there. So like, what's the what's the dragon 
the that was voiced by John Delancey. Um, Discord. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Discord is a troublemaker, and you can also have those in your deck, and you play troublemakers on the problems, and you have to solve the the troublemaker first, defeat the troublemaker before you can solve the problem. So yeah, there's there's certainly some complexity to it. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not made for eight year old girls. Um, it's made for bronies. Yeah, I I did I when it first came out, I saw some people in the local shop, you know, that got it started. My favorite thing I think with it was, do you remember like years ago when Mitt Romney was running for president and he he talked about like uh, having binders full of women or or whatever. That, that <laughs> I do the, remember that. And I was trying to figure out how you were going to connect My Little Ponies to Mitt Romney. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. Buckle up. Um, (laughs) So somebody on Twitter uh, did a thing on it uh, talking about like having – he posted uh, his CCG collection. He's like, look, I have binders full of mares. And then people started commenting on it, and they're like, I don't play that game, but please tell me that's what they call the rare card. Instead of rares, they call it mares. (laughs) <laughs> but no, I don't know. It would be in it. See, the build-up was too much. Sorry, people. Well, there's the main characters. So, like, each deck is... You have a character that you're playing. So, Rarity. And that's your main character. M-A-N-E. That you're playing. Oh, I got you. Okay. Alright, that's cool. And so the main characters have various friends that they can have with them to go and solve these problems. Alright. I got you. Um, I think I bought actually bought a couple of decks of it, trying to get the kids into it, but never actually played it. Eh, it happens. Anyway, Richard, what are you playing? I played a lot of games. And didn't we record just last week? I don't we know. Did. I think we did. Wow. So I've had a good week. So I played a game yesterday called Advanced Civilization. Have you guys heard of this one? Oh yeah. It's an old Avalon like Hill game. I've seen the box before. Yeah, and there's actually there's been three versions of it. There was first Civilization, and then Advanced Civilization, and now there's one called Mega Civilization for up to 18 players. I can't even imagine a table that would fit 18 players. Um, but from what I hear, playing Mega Civilization is actually just like playing two different advanced civilizations on two different tables. Like there's an Eastern version and a Western version, and I don't think they're the two versions, like the... It's basically like two groups of nine people, not really one group of 18, from what I heard. But that's not the game I played anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, probably, because where else would you get 18 people to play a game together? Um, It was hard enough to get eight, but we did get eight for Advanced Civilization. Um, It's an older game. I think it came out in 91, but it was uh, a... an expansion, not an expansion. I don't know what you'd call it. There was originally a civilization, and they added to it and probably streamlined the rules or whatever. Any case, it's um, obviously early human history. It's based around the Mediterranean. You play the different, you know, groups of people, the uh, the Greeks and the the who all is in there, Babylon and Africa and Egypt and lots of different groups. Um, one thing I thought w- uh, that was interesting about this game, though, for a big game like this it was 
very easy to get your mind around the rules. I mean, it, it, it was so quick to learn and it was very elegant, you know, the way that your civilization, civilization grows and the way you build cities and the effects of those things. And, you know, the more cities you get, the more trade goods you get. And then there's like a little set collection mini game that involves different commodities that you use to upgrade your civilization and buy new technologies and stuff like that. Um, but the downside to those is to trading those is that there's also disasters that can happen. Some of the disasters, when you draw the card, it's not tradable, but probably about half and half are either not tradable or tradable. So when you're trading your commodities, you're trying to get rid of those disasters so that someone else has to take the hit. And, um, I did think it was really interesting because a lot of these civilization type games, there's not really rising and falling. You know, there's just a power curve where you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's not really reflective of what human history looks like. There are cataclysms that will wipe out your civilization and then you will try to rebuild. And I thought the, the different, they weren't called cataclysms. I can't remember what they were called, but, in any case, that's what they were. The different bad things that happened to you um, really could knock you back. I mean, you know, I, I went from five cities down to one city at one point. And then at the end of the game, someone, the guy next to me had a terrible one hit him and he had a civil war and I got like half his cities. So um, there's a lot of rising and falling during the game. If anything, I thought that maybe the cataclysms were a little too random because there's there's not there are certain technologies that you can get ahead of time to try to prepare for them but there's a lot of times where you're like okay well i've got hit by three of those in two turns now and i went from you know eight cities and a nice strong civilization to now i have one city and i'm barely hanging on so but that said it was a lot of fun i, I really liked it um, very elegant rules, easy to grasp, which is what I thought was the coolest thing about it. And I'd be happy to play that one again. But it's it's definitely an all-day game, so it's not something I'm going to play a lot. Now, it's kind of famous for being like a fun game, and it's, I guess, sort of way out of print, and it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> know how much it's worth. The, the, the I, I'm not the one that owned it. Um and I do know that even like the guy that uh, that owned the game that we went to play with, he even had like a a, a, spe a different map printed out. It was the same map, but instead of like a, a mounted map with additions on it, he had it printed out as one big color sheet and he had a bunch of components he had printed out himself. So you could tell that he had uh, he had played this game enough that he had made made it his own in a way. But it's, yeah, it's um, not in print and probably never will be. It's an old Avalon Hill game. But there is Mega Civilization, which I think you can get. So yeah, that's what it was. It was re-implemented for. Uh, yeah, re-implemented re it. Yeah, it's uh, I think on Board Game Geek. Uh, now you can get it for. Uh, this is just the Avalon Hill one. A very good copy of the first editions, 150. You know, plus shipping, and then um, a very good of whatever the next one up is, 200. So. Yeah, what Mega Civilization is as expensive or more than the Advanced Civilization. There's a copy oh on Amazon gosh. right now for seven hundred dollars. 
Yeah, you can wow. get them off Board Game Geek. The cheapest one is $300. Why? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's really cool. And somebody told me, it may have been Chris told me, my friend Chris, uh, the the Tom Vassell um, the formula for should I buy a, a game that has gone out of print. And it goes, and I'm probably butchering it here, it's, it's something like um, if the game is good enough, it will come back into print and if it's not yeah. good enough it's not it won't come back into print and then ergo it's not worth paying the out of print price for it yeah and a game like this you know because it is and, and I, it's not necessarily an eight player game i think it's maybe up to eight players or maybe even more i don't remember how many the max was we played with eight um but this is one of those games. It's a big game. It's not It's not going to get on the table a whole lot. So I don't know who owns the rights to this and how that works and everything. This seems like it would be a good candidate for something like a P500, where if GMT were to have the rights to this, they would say, hey, you know what? If you guys want it, 500 of you tell us you want it, and we'll, we'll print it or something like that. But um, I can't see – I can't see it ever getting a wide release just because it's it's a niche game hmm. all right what else you've been playing so i played i started playing x-wing miniatures again um I, I, we uh my my little one my nine-year-old has been asking me to play that again and i thought you know what i'm just gonna go ahead i got the conversion kit and i upgraded everything to 2.0 and we've just been playing the heck out of the game this week my my middle child and my youngest child both love the games i've been playing with both of them all week and just having a blast i mean it's it's every bit as much fun as i remember it um it's it's nice to see. I think they did a good job with the rule changes from one to two. Um, they definitely nerfed turrets, which was a good thing because to me, the most fun about X-Wing is the dogfighting. It's predicting where your opponent's going to be, trying to arc dodge, trying to get behind them, and turrets really ruined that. Um, turrets are still a thing, but they're not as bad as they were. You, it's They, they nerfed them down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that a lot, and I'm going to continue playing that a lot, I think. I got plenty of ships from one. The nice thing about the conversion kits is you can use all your ships from before, and because I have the plastic, you know, the actual ships from before, I actually have more cards from the conversion ship, uh, conversion kit that I did not have originally. Stuff like C-3PO only came with, I think, the Tanti 4, which I never bought, but now I've got the card for him, and I can use him, so... Yeah, those of us that are trying to make a go of it in second edition, it yeah, it really sucks. Because <laughs> I refuse to buy the upgrade kit and then yeah. like so yeah, I'm just I'm stuck with missing all these different cards that people are filling. I feel yeah. Like, so, you know. Yeah, I can see that, but I mean, I don't know, it part of me got back into it a big part just cuz my my daughters both love playing it the two of my three daughters and uh and i love playing it with them so it's something i can play with them but um it's sort of scratching that itch that legion wasn't scratching for me i love legion but um you know it's just there's not a lot of people playing it there's still a million people playing x-wing so oh yeah absolutely yeah and i played some more spirit island uh that's 
that's man that's like one of my top three games now i'll play that anytime anyone suggests it uh we played against one of the adversaries for the first time um so that was fun a little increase in the difficulty we we're still able to beat him so we're doing well in that um i got to play blood rage for the first time ever that's a pretty popular game that a lot of my friends play and i just never had a chance to play it uh have you guys played that one at all no i have heard of it is this a cool mini or not game it is a cool mini or not game yeah <laughs> and it's um i mean it's everything you think uh, a simon game would be it's you know fairly small board pretty nice looking minis um and it's just you know it's dudes on a map you you play vikings you play through i think three ages you you invade uh this island or whatever and you you pillage and you fight and you you get monsters to fight on your side and um it's interesting though because uh i played a strategy where i was getting most of my points by getting killed (laughs) there you 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 can get points by sending guys to valhalla and then pulling them back out of valhalla you can get certain quests where like your quest for this round is to get 12 guys killed and then you get bonus points for when they come back out so most of my guy i don't think i won a single fight the whole game uh but i did pretty well for my first game ever it was a fun game uh we only played with two players it's it would definitely be better with more players just because with two players you know every conflict is between those two whereas with more players you can actually have you know with three players you can have a three-way fight which is more interesting as well now they did bring this to kickstarter uh in December of last year for a digital version. Now I hadn't heard about that. Um, this yeah, one, uh, there, there are some digital games coming out that I think look really interesting. Uh, we talked about some last week, like mage Knight. Um, this one, I, I don't really have an interest in playing this digitally just because I didn't think the game was that great that, Oh, I would definitely want to play this over and over again. Um, if a friend wanted to play it, it's definitely fun to play with someone, but this is not not something I would play digitally. Now, yeah, digitally they, online, maybe if you're playing against yeah. other people, but even so, it was good. I liked it, but I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah, they raised uh, almost a million bucks. It was like seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars for a digital copy, and it was essentially you could spend fifteen dollars and get a digital copy of the game, or you could spend sixty and get a digital copy of the game and some exclusive miniatures. So, hmm. Digital miniatures or real miniatures? <laughs> Apparently <laughs> physical, but I don't know. So, yeah, that's Blood Rage. And then I played a game that I've been waiting to play for quite a while. I've only played online. I finally got Brave Little Belgium. I say finally. I mean, it just came out last week, and I got my copy on Friday, I think, and I played it for the first time this morning. So uh, Brave Little Belgium is a Hollenspiel game. And it just came out. It's it's Belgium in the first two weeks, I think, of World War One. Um, I've only ever played it solitaire. I'm really now that I've got it in cardboard. I'm really looking forward to playing with someone else. And it's it's a it's a super light game. So I'm not having I don't think it's going to be any problem to get someone else to play with me because it's it's easy and it plays through and less than an hour, uh, maybe 45 minutes. Um, and really, as Belgium. And really the Entente, Belgium, France, and the British Expeditionary Force, you know you're going to lose. Your goal is just to try to slow the Germans down. So 
as long as I, I can see where that would bother some people, because there are some people that are going to say, if I know I'm going to lose, what's the point in playing the game? But it is still, I think, a fun game. And I, I'd actually like to play the Entente against a German player just to have some more control over the strategy and see if I could slow them down and make them take longer than two weeks or, you know, have so many atrocities that the world turns against them. But Brave Little Belgium just came out by Hollenspiel, and I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, and if you guys are really interested in that game, we uh, did a uh, an interview with that, didn't we? Yes. Uh, I don't think we interviewed Ryan Howman. We did talk to Tom Russell about it. Yes, yes. Yeah, Tom, Ryan Howman is the uh, he's the the designer of the game, and uh, you know he's he's very active on Twitter and Facebook. If you reach out to him, he'll definitely give you a response. Um, but Tom. We did talk to Tom Russell about it. Yeah, we had talked. We've talked about it from the first time we ran across yep. it, and then yeah, yeah, and he had it on the show a few times. Yeah, I got to know about it. I think I, I I can't remember how I first got in touch with Ryan, but he actually let sent me the Vassal files and everything, so I got to play test it a little bit last year as well. So I was excited to see it come out. Yeah, because I when I saw it released, I looked for you know on the on the front cover, I looked for your name, I didn't see it. It's in the playtesters in the back. No, 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 I was looking on the front of the oh, game. Oh, no, I'm like, not on the all, front cover. I didn't get bottom. a designer. Didn't get a designer credit for it, my, it, my playtesting. I expected it between, it was supposed <laughs> to be between uh, Rob and Tom. And <laughs> yeah. Richard, right there. Yeah, you it know, should be on there. there. I agree, but I uh, <laughs> It's on my list, you know. I'll, ta- I'll take my people... name misspelled in the, uh, the playtester section. Is it misspelled, really? It is misspelled, but everyone misspells <laughs> my name. So, <laughs> yeah, it's currently thirty-five bucks. Yeah, I need to get around. Um, to yeah, I think it's how- gonna be more. I think it's cheaper because it just came out. Yeah, what was shipping on it, by the way? Uh, I think twelve bucks. Twelve bucks, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I actually saw somebody talk on Twitter with Tom about like the ho- the smell. Of Holland Spiel game. I love that smell. Yeah, yeah. He said, it, it, he said no, 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 it's, it's non-toxic. It's non-toxic. You know, I'm like, and they were like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's just you guys have a, have a, it, they have a certain smell. They do. And he, yeah, he mentioned like what it was from and I can't remember what it was, but yeah. Yeah. What's the name of their printing company? It's blue something. Oh yeah, yeah, like Blue Panther or, or I something think that's like right. that. Yeah, Blue Panther. So I think it's whatever. You know, all of their stuff is basically uh, printed when it's ordered. So I think that whatever their quick printing process is, I guess what that smell is. But you know, that's a mind like control said, gas, is what that is. <laughs> I, I like the smell. Maybe it's just because I associate it with getting to play a new game. No, it's mind control. They they have they have their hooks in you now. <laughs> Uh, well, they might, because I've got five Hollenspiel games sitting over there now. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, um, I need to get, um, what you call it, uh, the, the, the Cold War uh, uh, Arctic, Arctic Mel- Meltwater. Meltwater. Yeah. yeah, I need to get Meltwater. To the, that yeah, was I've the heard, plan. I've heard good is, things about that one. I, I loaned my friend the uh, the rule book for it, and um, yeah, we just we just go from there. <laughs> which do, and yeah, and then he shows me how to play it. <laughs> uh, which does remind me, um, I I would talk about the guy, but I cannot think of his uh, name. There's some. It it was brought to my attention that there is a um, a 
more infamous, famous slash board game designer. He does war games. Is all I can remember. Um, and like I said, if I could think of the guy's name, I'd I'd, I'd name him and shame him. That uh, <laughs> Why is he, he gets infamous? Re- he gets really mad when <laughs> when people want like a um. A, a copy of the rule books for the game, you know, because and that's really oh he really won't common. put it online, you mean? Right, right. Okay. It's, he's like, you know, you're just trying to pirate this or you know stealing from me or, or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's like a super common thing, uh, yeah. you know, with board games. A lot of people, I mean, because I mean, what's a rule book, you know, to just throw that up in a PDF and. Yeah, I mean, if they, hey, look, yeah. if they want to make their own board and all that, more power to them. <laughs> but, yeah, to just look at the rule book, a lot of people do to see if they like the game. You know, just yeah. be like, okay, this sounds good, or this this sounds bad, or like, wow, this has so many spelling errors, and I don't know what's going on here. I don't, I don't want this game, you know. Yeah, I mean, you look at GMT, they've got all their rule books online. They've got all, almost everything has you know, art given to uh, what Joel Toppin, who does all the vassal files and everything. I mean, you could play a lot of GMT games without ever giving them a penny. GMT is doing just fine because they take care of people. And, you know, I mean, I, I buy the GMT stuff, even stuff that I could play online for free. There's games that I've played uh, that I, that I own, but I I've never played the cardboard. I play them online, but you know, I honestly, even if I'm just going to play something on Vassal, I'll get out that rule book and I'll read the rule book myself just because I really like to have it. But yeah, I was I, I have a, um, a Kickstarter coming. Uh, I think it's going to ship in the next couple of weeks. And I asked the guys like, well, hey, can we go ahead and get a copy of the rule book so I can try to learn this, you know, or give it to my friend so he can learn it and then teach me when it arrives. And um, they were like, eh, no, we're not really doing that. Maybe later. And I'm like, come on, man. Is this your first board game? This is how we do things. I guess it's up to me what I'm playing next. And um, I haven't played so much as I prepared to play. I ordered a whole bunch of 15 uh, millimeter figs for Blitzkrieg 1940. Uh, it, it is an expansion for the Chain of Command uh, miniature gaming uh rules from two fat lardies and i there's think their sale is currently still going on if you really want to do it it was supposed to go in sometime in february and they shipped it from merry old england over here and uh yeah i'm excited because i want to do small scale one to one scale um skirmish essentially what it is it's basically a platoon plus support on each side. Basically, I you know, it's more like uh, Advanced Squad Leader, only not as complex, and it has a lot of vehicles in it. Is it minis? So, yes. Okay. When you say one-to-one scale, what do you mean there? Uh, one, per, one guy represents one guy. Gotcha. Okay. It, now, not do you some mean- actual size. Right, because like when you get into like when you know when you get into um like miniatures like uh, Napoleonics and stuff like that, it can be like well a stand of guys which has like six people on it represents a division or a battalion or or whatever. Do and they also, still move as groups though? So you'll have uh, a cube with three guys on it or whatever, or or is no, it literally they, just you're going to move each guy individually? 
these will move individually. Now, they may have to maintain, like, squad coherency for leadership Mm -hmm. bonuses and stuff like that. You kind of get into that with Warhammer and stuff like that. Star Wars Legion is like that, yeah. Yeah, so... So that's what you refer to as uh, skirmish style, right? Yeah, I it's skirmish usually is one yes is the individual okay. guys and usually skirmish means a smaller amount of figs, gotcha. like right. uh, like Warhammer forty thousand is not skirmish even though it's like one to one scale but you you know you've got you know a uh, hundred guys on the t- on the table so it's not really skirmish mm-hmm. usually yeah, not- skirm- skirmish is like twenty or thirty or less you know I, Legion I think would I would consider skirmish scale. Would you? Yeah, because it's not that many people, uh, not, not that many guys per side. Yeah, I wouldn't think, you know. But I don't I, know why. When I think of skirmish, skirmish, I think of like a square, three by three, or maybe four by four. You get up to the rectangle, six by three, or four by eight, or whatever. And in my mind, that's not skirmish anymore, but maybe it is. See, I always thought that skirmish referred to the movement system. So, like, if you're moving in, in trays, then that's uh, I guess a formation style as opposed yeah, that's, to that's individual movement. Point. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Uh, when you move like that, with just you know, instead of like in a tray, then yeah, that's more like skirmish. So yeah, either way. Uh, the other thing uh, I dropped off with my painter today, my uh, monster apocalypse um, Martians. I dropped them off. And I'll also mention uh, in that vein, uh, Pacific Rim is on Netflix. So, I've never seen that. I gotta watch that sometime. It's it's very much a popcorn, you know, film. Yeah. It it is. It's you know, you're not going to like look at it and then go, wow, you know, that completely changed the way <laughs> I think about everything, you know, as a person and a human. No, 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 no. no. It's but it's it's mindless fun. It really is. <laughs> The, the theme of the film is monsters are bad. Let's kill them. Let's build giant robot that punches monster in the face. That's that's pretty <laughs> much the movie. You know. Sorry, spoiler alert. That's Michael that's Bay. No, it's no. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. All right. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And also his uh, Pan's Labyrinth is right. also on Netflix. And I remember going to see that in the movie theater and being very shocked like looking over as i'm walking in at all the kids that are in there with their parents and i'm like this super adult <laughs> i'm like this movie's rated r you know and and i'm like okay well i haven't seen it and so we get down and we get in and um it early on in the movie where the 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 bad captain guy like catches a a, a guy he accuses of poaching and he just smashes his face in with a uh, a wine bottle, and it does it. The camera does not move. It's just this <laughs> horrific, bloody assault. Oh, and geez. then yeah, their parents are jumping up and grabbing kids and leaving. Yeah, so I'm like, what did you expect? This is a rated R movie. Yeah. <laughs> it probably went straight to the manager and said, "What is going on here? I want my money back." So anyway, Roy, take us to uh, Tenochtitlan. Yes, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's trouble in paradise here with this game. Um, so we had a second run through of it on Friday night. And now, what, uh, what is the correct way to pronounce this game that we're talking about? 
Teotihuacan, City of God. There you go. Okay. So this is the same designer as the Zolkin game with the gears. Um, so there's a, you're moving around the board. There's eight spaces around the board, and there's the gold mine, there's the quarry, there's the forest, there's the alchemy space, uh, and then there's construction space where you're building the pyramid in the center of the board. So you, um, as you move around the board, you, you're moving around with dice or your pawns, and you start with three. And uh, when you go into, let's say, the gold mine space, the value on your die is kind of the power of the worker. And there's a little table there that says, well, if you come in here with one worker and it's a two, then this is what you get. If you come in here with two workers and the lowest one is a three, then this is what you get. So um, there's a, yeah, the, the table there is very straightforward. But then in a lot of the spaces, there's also a lock area where you can go. It's called a worship space where you can send your worker in there and they're, they're, um, they're doing kind of a little special thing that you can, you can spam that every turn and take the benefit. And, but that die is stuck in place there. It can't move. Um, so this is, like I say, this was our second run through. And um, there was so much to remember because like if you go to the alchemy space you and you research a technology, then you have to remember that every time I land on this other space, then that's when I can do this benefit. So like if you build, let's say if you built the pyramid, built two tiles in the pyramid, um, there's this whole cascade of, of actions that, that are a consequence of you building that tile there. So like I place the tile, I go up on this track, I go up on this track, and maybe based on what technologies I have, I may go up on two or three other tracks. Um, there's just, man alive, there's a lot of stuff to, to pay attention to. Um, and so there was, when we played it on Friday, there was, uh, all of us had, we were play, played in a group of four, and there was one player that hadn't played. And so somebody was uh, trying to explain it to her, and so, like, okay, there's this and this and this, and then there's the eclipse that happens. Oh, but I forgot this other thing, and you can just kind of see her eyes glaze over that, like, this is just this this huge onslaught of information with this game. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if I'm going to hang on to it. Um, so do you when I did the, the demo with it, oh, I'm sorry, yes? Is the problem that there's there's too many exceptions to normal things in the rules yeah there's just yeah there's so much that has to be kept track of um so i you know i think it it benefits it would benefit to have a cheat sheet that like okay when i land in this space these are the things i need to, to take note of and make sure make sure that i pay attention to because and like i say there's eight spaces around the board and they're all numbered but they're not in order, which I don't understand why they're not in order. And so like the, the board as printed has those eight spaces out of order, but it also comes with eight additional overlay pieces, which are essentially the same thing, but you can mix up the order. So it is customizable um, for each game. But, and you know, when I watched the review of it, the reviewer said, you know, it's really not necessary to, to mix these around very much. You can get as much uh, 
um, you know, reward out of playing it just without these, these boards. So I don't know, maybe I made a misstep with purchasing this game. So anyway, that's Teotihuacan city of God. I don't know. It may not be in my library anymore. Eventually. Any questions? No, that's I hate to... <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, I hate to hear it as much as, uh, you played it, you know, you seem like you enjoyed it, but yeah, now, nah. yeah, and you should definitely not keep anything that does not give you joy. That's, I, I heard a Japanese lady tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I have heard good things about the game, but I haven't played it myself. Um, it's it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about advanced civilization. One of the things I liked about it was that it was so elegant and so easy to grasp. Um, there are some games and I'm, I'm playing with a friend of mine playing through unconditional surrender Europe. It's a big world war two game. I enjoy it, but there are a lot of exceptions in that game. There's a lot of times where it works this way, except here and here and here and this exception and that exception. And it sounds like that's, kind of what you're talking about and that yeah that makes it hard to hard to get into the flow of a game if you always have to second guess or go back to the rule book or whatever so Mm -hmm. and it's you know maybe it's a game that you know as you play it and you kind of get a little bit more harder into the nuances of it and remember all this stuff that it, it you know it starts to shine um so we're gonna we're gonna keep keep you know taking some some wax at it, um, but we'll see. And so the next game I played was called Cartagena. Uh, and this may be, um, this may be a historical game. I mean, I think it's, there's been iterations of it that have, uh, kind of, well, they say that there's, um, you know, it's, it's an old game it's an old pirate game. So the story behind Cartagena is a prison break in Cartagena, Colombia. And, uh, you have, uh, each side has four pirates that they're making their way through the jungle to get onto the boat and escape. Um, so it's a very simple game. It's a good game for kids. Uh, you lay out the tiles and it makes a pathway through the jungle. And each tile has six uh, symbols on it. And there's like the, there's a cutlass, there's a telescope, there's a set of keys, there's a grappling hook, and there's uh, a, a, a jug, I think. And so you have a hand of cards, and if you play, say, the jug, you can move one of your pirates to the first jug. If you play a second jug, you can skip that one and go to another jug, or to the next jug in the, in the line. And so there's certain cards where, like, well, if I play this lantern, I can go all the way to the boat because all of the lanterns are covered. Um, but the, the kicker is, is you don't get any cards back uh, unless you go backwards. So it's a game of moving your pirates forward and then moving them backwards to draw more cards. Uh, so each turn you get two, uh, two actions. And, um, the goal is just to get all your pirates onto the boat. And so the game that I, the version that I played is from Ravensburger, but it's been, uh, put out by Rio Grande and several other, uh, game companies. So that's, uh, Cartagena. Okay. And is that board set up randomly each time? So you yeah. Gotta, okay. Yep. That looks fun. Yeah. Uh, and Subatomic, I, I may have talked about this game before. Uh, we got this for Christmas. This is a, um, 
uh, it says you, you learn the science of building atoms. So you start out with a hand of, uh, you get three photons and four up quarks and four down quarks, and you put those together into uh, protons and neutrons and electrons, and you can buy cards off the tableau, and then uh, which will give, like, so if I spend two down quarks and an up quark out of my hand, I can take a proton card, and then I have a proton card on a later turn that I can then use to um, start building an atom. So if I build an atom of lithium, that's a, that's a certain number of uh, victory points. And so it's, uh, it's very much a deck building game. Um, and you, uh, there's, you can also buy scientists. So like Albert Einstein, for instance, says before you play any cards this turn, you can spend three energy and you can get an electron or a proton or a neutron for each energy that you spend. And you're, so you're building up um, from quarks to subatomic particles to atoms and getting victory points for those. So that's a subatomic that I played. Today. Yeah, the guy that designed that has a whole series of science games. Uh, we picked up a couple up. my wife picked up a couple at a homeschool convention uh, a year or two ago. I think we've got covalence and ion because... Mm-hmm. daughter was doing chemistry that year so um we've played i played one of them but i can't remember which one i played and we enjoyed it It was a lot of fun i mean it's like yeah. you said it's a deck builder um but he has a whole series of them based on i guess which science you're most interested in i have no idea how different they are but yeah there's a bunch of them out there so uh in the box there is a separate uh little pamphlet that says well this is the science that's involved with subatomic Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, we took the science and used that to develop the game. Um, and it goes through and it explains all the things about quarks and how all that works and everything. And, yeah. Excuse me, and everything. I'm pretty sure he's from St. Louis, too. Oh, all right. Yeah. Like all the and smart so then people. finally, <laughs> oh, yes? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I just said, like, okay. all the smart people. <laughs> <laughs> And so finally, this is kind of a story that, that has to go. So about a year ago, I was on Reddit and um, I just out of the blue, I got a uh, saw this this post from this guy. And then all of a sudden I was on a podcast. And so that was a year ago. Hmm. Um, and that was, of course, this podcast. Um, so yesterday, the same sort of thing happened to me where I was uh, browsing on Reddit, the RPG subreddit. And there was a post on there from a guy by the name of uh, Shadow Striker. And he said, I started a sub to simulate a subreddit that one of my players has. And so if you, if people can go in there and populate that with posts for cryptids and things, um, then um, that'd be great. And I would like to have 50 subscribers. And, you know, the first people that, that post, I'll make moderators. Well, I happen to be one of the first people to post. And so now I'm a moderator of this subreddit. I have no idea how to, how to moderate a subreddit. <laughs> um, but there's, there's like 900 and some uh, members of this subreddit now. It's called the New Guards. And so anybody can, can uh, join it. 
you know, subscribe to it and post and just make something up about, about, you know, some creepy disappearance or monster that you've seen somewhere. Um, so is this so, supposed to be real or is this just like, let's, let's make up stuff and pretend that it's real. What is this? Well, so it's it, around the edges. It's, it's pretend. So it's, it's, it's essentially a, it's a, it's a role-playing help for okay. this guy's game. Um, and, um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, there's so much going on with this, this, this subreddit now. And, uh, and there's 942 subscribers. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing, but there's, well, there's plenty of, of kooky things that are, that are uh, posted on here now. You tell them that if they don't subscribe to the chance of gaming podcast, they're banned. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, and, so anyway, and, do Adam, and do Adam's Patreon as well. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast talks about all kinds of mysterious things. You have to wait all the way to the end, though. So just go listen. So if anybody's interested in checking it now, it's called The New Guards. So to you get onto Reddit, subreddit r slash The New Guards. We'll get you to where, where it is. All right, I'm going to um, subscribe. If somebody on wants to help this guy populate. Bored. What's that? I'm going to subscribe to it, and when I'm go- bored, I'm going to make something up. Yep. I um, do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is yeah. There's a uh, somebody in this guy's game has a has a subreddit, and he said, "I need I need content, so you know whatever you can give me." Um. So he's he's kind of. Uh, He's reaped the whirlwind. Whirlwind, it seems like, and and myself involved uh, also. So, All right, cool. Yeah. So the next thing we had is what's on your radar, and the first thing I've got is the uh, I don't know how I missed this. It's fantastic looking. This is uh, uh, in fact the link I'll have in the show notes that you can see at chanceofgaming.com is from uh, January tenth. This is called uh, Battle Systems. Uh, this is the company's called Battle Systems. I knew that they made a lot of uh, terrain for Infinity, but they have come up with their own kind of miniatures and their rules. But they put out this fantastic terrain, um, and this is the the rules are called Core Space, and the Core Space starter set is what I'm talking about here. That just looks so freaking fantastic. I don't know if it's supposed to be a ship, or it's supposed to be like a you're on a uh, an alien planet in a building, or this is a space station. But I just freaking love every everything about this. It looks really really cool. Yeah, uh, I'm the curious miniature- to see what all those trackers are on the side of the board. Well, it's it's a game, you know. It's t- and you know honestly, I would classify this as a board game with miniatures i think more than a uh, a miniature game just from like looking at it now uh and uh, yeah it's all that is for tracking like your crew and you can see these you know in the article here they're pretty cool looking miniatures you know there's human people and with a splash of aliens and robots and uh, does that guy have swords? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, it just looks super, super cool. And I'm having to struggle not to just straight up just order this. But they have no U.S. distributor. So I'd be paying out the butt for um, 
you know, British money and then shipping it over here. And yeah, if they ever get a U.S. distributor, I think I'm going to be really, really interested in this game. I just, it just looks super, super cool. You could use this to play Starfinder or, you know, Infinity or, or, you know, anything. And who knows, maybe their actual rule system might be fun, might be cool. But uh, I think it's for about, it's right at 100, 120 bucks, I think is, um, and this is, this is, the Kickstarter has, is done and shipped and they're bringing this to retail. But I think it's, it's somewhere between 80 and 120 bucks, you get like this big thing with um, eight good guy miniatures, nine bad guy, and then like some civilian, and then all the other characters and stuff like that in it. If I remember correctly uh, from the story, at, uh, it has something to do with, um, there's of course, there's always an alien menace. I don't know if it's robots or, or something like Tyranids from 40K or something, but yeah. But it was a Kickstarter in 2017. And, uh, yeah, I just think it looks really cool. So I was going to bring it to your attention. Yeah, lovely miniatures. Mm-hmm. They look pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming they're single piece. Usually that kind of look and quality, they usually get to be, they're usually single piece miniatures, but I could be wrong. Uh, the next thing we had was Century, A New World. Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, I just happened to see uh, this, so the uh, um, Century Spice Road was the game that I've played quite a bit. And then um, Century Eastern Wonders, and I just see that finally uh, Century A New World is kind of on the horizon. So it's going to be the third in the trilogy from uh, Emerson Matsuuchi um, for the, the Century games. So I don't know anything about it, but I think I'll probably end up picking that up when it comes out. You played that game, or not this one, but the second one you played at at the convention last year, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it on the uh, table at Miniature Market. You know, they've got display tables out, and they set up different boards all the time. And um, I guess it was the second one that I saw on the table. So I didn't get a chance to play it, but I'm. Mm, I don't remember. I just I remember looking at it, thinking, "Oh, that's the game Roy was talking about." Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Eastern uh, Wonders is a pick up and deliver kind of game. Okay. Uh, being over here on the Board Game Geek link uh, reminded me, have uh, either one of you guys gotten to see or play Wingspan yet? Uh, no, I haven't even, uh-huh. I haven't noticed it in the stores. If if it's there, I didn't, didn't really see it. That's because it's super duper popular and it's yeah. not on the shelf. Nobody can find it. Oh. Yeah, it's that- really nice components, and but it's kind of expensive too, isn't it? And because of the components, I guess. Bucks, it, I is it fifty? I thought it was more than that. Okay. It's yeah. It seemed to be kind of like reasonably, you know, priced. But uh, but yeah, it was because remember uh, he put out that uh that post about it like oh wow okay my game is completely sold out. Let me tell you why you can't find it on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> you know this is this is how I you know do things. And they're like, well, it's coming. You know, it's not like it's out of print. Just hold your horses for a month or so, and you'll you'll be able to get it. But I've seen people post about it on Twitter, and they seem to really enjoy playing it. But yeah, I was just curious if you if you, if it's ever been seen in the wild. No. Nope. You know? Yeah, and, looking at miniature market, you guys are right, forty one twenty five, but out of stock. So. Yeah, 
I think uh, for me, yeah, if I saw it at my local store, I think I'd try and flip it, you know, at this point. <laughs> yeah. see, I, I'd check and see what it's going for on eBay, but yeah. <coughs> anyway, excuse me. Uh, moving on to news. Um, I'm not sure why I put this on news, but I did. Uh, I think I didn't link the actual news article for it. Anyway, you'll see this link in the show notes, and it's not safe for work. Especially if your work has a problem with like 15 millimeter mm-hmm. topless uh, witches, <laughs> and riding um, a broom, no less. Yeah, riding a broom. Uh, or with so, a strap or something. Or some. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Um, maybe she uh, has something stuck in her belly button. I can't tell. Anyway, <laughs> this is from Curison Miniatures, and I saw it on uh, the Miniatures page, and because I was looking for a copy of the Hordes of Thing, Hordes, as in lots of people and things, a horde, like a horde of orcs, not whores, Hordes of Things, rulebook, uh, which is essentially a fantasy version of the DBA rulebook, and uh, anyway, uh, Curison Miniatures apparently is putting out a uh, an army of half naked uh, forest witches and winged apes and stuff like that and uh, yeah so I'm just gonna bring it to your attention because hey I have a podcast how can you not uh, not share this it's hordes of the things it's a boxed army you can get it for thirty four dollars plus shipping it comes with and this is the army of the savage forest witch which comes with the witch four gremlin guard which is 24 figurines, six wolves, and six winged apes. So there you go. And I guess I could pick up a Dwarven Kingdoms um, army for to, to fight the witch. I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing just seems so ridiculous to me that, uh, yeah, I just had to share it. And, you know, we occasionally talk about nudity in, in miniatures, and it happens, and yeah, I don't know. I I can't imagine someone finding this badly sculpted thing titillating, but you know, there you go. So if you still it kind of if you paint it differently, maybe she's not nude. That is true. You could paint like um yeah green stuff and put a uh, put a top on her, and you could get her a bikini. You could file off her nipples and just paint, <laughs> you, know, paint you know a shirt on her. You could. There's a lot of of conversion here that you could do. You know, you could paint her up and make her look like a nice pure. You could take green stuff and make her look like a nice Puritan lady. You know, I don't know. Not even showing an ankle. File off her nipples is the phrase of the podcast. (laughs) I'll try to put that in the on in the beginning and see if people will pay attention. Uh, moving on, um, Ares Games has announced Quartermaster General World War II Second Edition, and apparently this is like a big deal that people like really like this game. But I had never heard of it, so I was gonna just toss it on here and see if you guys had ever heard of Quartermaster General World War II. It's it's a board game. I have heard of it. In fact, I think miniature market had the original on its ding and dent or in clearance for a while and i looked at it and you know obviously it's world war ii so at least got a a, a, got to pick it up and look at the box and everything i've never played it i never knew i don't know 
I'm sure I know people that have played it, but no one has ever talked to me about it. So I have no idea what the game is. I just I looked at the box and thought, yeah, that kind of looks like a generic World War II game. Yeah, it, it kind of kind of looks that way. It's rated 7.4 on Board Game Geek. Um, take that for what you will. You can actually get the uh, the the original one uh, for 52 bucks on Amazon at the moment. And uh, yeah, it just kind of sort of looks like Risk, something like that. Yeah. The thing that's interesting. So if you read the description just from this web page, it says you know Eris Games and Griggling Games are coming together to bring you an updated version of this advanced tactical game. But that's not tactical. That's a strategic game. If you're looking at, you know, all of Europe with big areas and moving armies around at a time, that's a strategy game. That's not tactical. That is a very good point. So. Very good point. Now I'm annoyed just because they said tactical. Yeah, you should write them an angry letter. (laughs) It's actually a letter, too. I'm not even going to email. I'm going to write him a letter. Yes, it has to be a letter. And send it like postage due. With a quill, yeah. Tie it to a uh, a pigeon and just throw it out your window. (laughs) So moving on, the next thing we had, um, Osprey Ignites the Embers of Memory. This is a game coming inspired by Sarah J. Maas' Throne of Glass series. And I'm always fascinated by like these fantasy novels that kind of get made in one way or another into a board game, card game, miniature game, whatever. And um, yeah, I'm just going to toss this on here and see if anybody actually had read this uh, series, The Embers of Memory. Uh, I'm sorry, The Throne of, Throne of Glass series. Are you guys familiar with this at all? I have not. I have not even heard no, of it. never heard of it. Haven't either. It's Sarah J. Maas, M-A-A-S. Sorry if I'm, you know, messing you up there. You can get the entire box set for in paperback for $93 on Amazon. I see. And uh, this particular game will be... Uh, it's based on a design by Japanese designer Kuro, who did the Ravens of Three Shashiri, Seventh Hero, and Seventh Hero. So, yeah, I'm not familiar with any of this. It said, Embers of Memory is a two-player co-op game that explores the mental struggles of Aelin Galerthness during her imprisonment, as described in Kingdom of Ash. The two players must work together to help the young queen recover her memories and defeat her inner demons before she succumbs to her fey torturers. So, It's right. the same sort of theme as Comanauts by Jerry yeah, Hawthorne that we talked to a few episodes ago yeah it is and it says osprey will release a board game uh release also released uh also released a board game based on the works of Susanna clark see uh oh the uh jonathan strange and mr norrell will be a board game of english magic that is coming wow osprey's doing that too hmm Somebody, yeah, I think, uh, what's his name that we interviewed last did mention that. Is like, well, you'd be surprised at what Osprey is going to do in the future. So, okay. They're becoming known more than just, you know, World War II camouflage patterns. So <laughs> that's always good. Uh, moving on, Fantasy Flight has announced the future of organized play. Yeah, they, they put out an article basically indicating their 
structure and their their hopes and dreams for what organized play is going to look like in the future. And obviously, Fantasy Flight Games has a lot of different games out, and this is, um, I guess, the structure they're going to use for all of them, whether it's X-Wing or Keyforge or whatever. Um, and it, it was interesting. I did notice a couple things. So they've got these different tiers of championships. They've got store championships, which you would expect. They've got regional championships. Well, they used to be called regional. Now they're prime championships, which you don't have to qualify for. It's just, you know, if you live in that area or you travel to that area, you can go to them. Um, most of it is just, you know, it's, it's interesting to read and see. The one thing that I thought, and I hope I'm... Mm, I hope, I hope I'm just paranoid and I'm reading too much into it. Uh, you can look over this whole article and you can go to control F for Legion and it is not even mentioned. And that Ooh. is disturbing to me because they mention a lot of other games by name. Legion is not even mentioned in it. This game's less than a year old and I'm not seeing, I, I've said this before, but I, I'm not seeing a lot of, um, participation and excitement about Legion. I'm, I'm not sure why that is. And for FFG to put out this article and never even mention it, I don't know if that means anything or not. All right. Okay. So first of all, I'll say, don't be scared. <laughs> Hold on. Because if you do control F and search for Armada, you don't find that either. Yeah. And but me, I, if, if a, Legion a is on the same sub- level as Armada, that's a problem. Because Armada is, yeah. I mean, it's Armada is not supported very well either. Armada is no, definitely the 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 second fiddle to X Wing. Absolutely, and us long suffering Armada players really <laughs> really hate it. Every time they announce something, there's always like whenever they do it on Twitter and stuff, there's always like sixty people that comment like, "Oh, did I miss the Armada announcement for this year? Where is it? Yeah, you know, what's because coming? You except know? for the the ten foot." battleship that they're you know a star destroyer that no one is ever going to buy what has what have you heard about armada in the last year hey i will say i'll <laughs> buy it when it goes on miniature market clearance yeah we can get absolutely it. buy it. you're gonna have to come like up here and pick off, it up because shipping's gonna be 300 dollars <laughs> it's gonna take up a stall in your garage <laughs> Just to have it, just to be able to just pull it out. I mean, I can't even imagine ever fielding it, but it would just be great. Anyway. So, well, yeah, uh, that's yeah, what I, I thought was interesting is that there's there's no mention of Legion at all. And I, I hope that's not hope that's not bad. I mean, in any case, I've got the stuff. I, I have someone I can play it with, but I really hope it gets supported because it's fun. It's fun to play. Dude, I hope so. I, I hope you don't get as screwed as uh, <laughs> us Armada players. Because, I mean, there's no sense in that. Because there's so much you can do with Legion. Yeah. More than Armada. With Armada, it's, there's just not a lot of ships to take from. You know, and Legion, there is just countless, countless stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, And so. they've got they've got vehicles mm-hmm. now. They've got lots of different types of units. They're, they're going to be coming out with two new factions. You know, the clones and the separatists. So... We'll see what happens, but hopefully it's something good. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, let's talk about MMP announced like, hey, this is what we're we're kind of planning on doing this year, guys. What what do you think? And uh, did you see anything on here that seemed seemed cool? Uh, no, nothing at all. There's there's nothing here to cause me to spend my entire paycheck on ASL stuff. So Starter Kit 4 has been, I mean, it, it's been, 
I guess it's been initial, it officially announced already. They said it was coming, um, but is now it's, it's officially up for pre-order. So um, Starter Kit 4, which will include PTO and Pacific Theater of Operations. Uh, for anyone who hasn't played ASL, um, PTO is, it is ASL, but there are some different and very interesting rule changes that make it feel a little bit different when you're playing PTO instead of European or there's desert rules as well. I've never played those, but I played obviously the European stuff and the Pacific stuff. So um, yeah, that's definitely um, something that's, that's coming and looking really good. I've got that on pre-order. There's other stuff out there that I would love to have, but Unfortunately, I just can't have everything like for King and Country. That's the uh, the British um, order of battle. Um, that one looks really good, uh, but I can do without that one for now. Although I say that and now, you know, six years from now, I'm going to want it and it won't be available. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was look, I was about ready to kind of hang it up with ASL. Well, I wouldn't get rid of my stuff. I would just kind of just store it until either I move somewhere or someone moves to my area that's like, hey, this is all I play. I live and breathe it. And, you know, let me take you under my wing, young Padawan. And uh, so I was about ready to do that. And then in this announcement, they announced that we're getting the French this year. The Croc de Guerre, or ever how you say it. Croc de Guerre, is coming. Yeah. Yeah, you've been asking about that coming. one for a while. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. I fucking love, I love uh, 1940s uh, France. Uh, or, you know, that uh, German invasion. Yeah. I love that part of the World War II. It's my favorite. You know, it's the German army coming out of uh, victory in Poland. You know, the Blitzkrieg tactics are all new. France is stuck with sometimes crappy, most of the time crappy equipment, sometimes not, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just a unique type of, you know, style play and everything. So I'm, yeah, I'll get it. And I will probably get for King and Country as well, because I'm assuming that's going to be more, is it more Africa? For King and Country? I I would think. Well, it, it, the the desert module is called West of Alamein, um, and there there are probably British and and German and I guess Italian units as well. And they have a, a similar to the PTO, they have a a rule supplement that adds some desert rules to it. But for King and Country, I'm guessing there's not going to be a lot of desert stuff in there. There, it's hard to say because Burma is going to be. Um, probably pacific as well so i don't know maybe a lot of like market garden stuff i'm not sure what's in for king and country as far as scenarios Hmm, it could be but uh, i don't know but it does give me i guess the british order battle yeah i mean if you've you've got the you've got the guards tanks you know that'll that'll be units that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else so true very very true so hmm yeah, and then okay, we'll we'll mention in the middle of all this. Did you see where NWS announced that he's getting out of board games again? Again, <laughs> a couple a couple of days ago. So Do you know him personally? Or... No, no. Okay, I, just, I didn't I, know. I, I yeah, I follow. I, yeah, I wish I did. You know. <laughs> yeah, because like um, you say again, and we laugh about. It. I mean, he he said that last year and then didn't. So. I don't know. I don't Apparently, know the situation. He's kind of like working from his garage or something, I guess. 
I guess, and I really think it's just like maybe him and like one other guy, maybe like a son or yeah. wife or something. Because it seems that way. Because I know he's still, he said he still has not got caught up to his Black Friday sales oh, for Warlord games. So you know, yeah. But you know, at <laughs> least we know to we know to expect that when we place an order. Right. I never ever order anything from him that I want to play next week or next month. I didn't I don't. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew he was slow on stuff like that. And I, I've got a friend that ordered some stuff from him and he even emailed me. He's like, so what's the deal with this guy? His prices are so low. Is this a scam or what? I said, no, it's not a scam. He just takes forever to deliver it. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's kind of been my thing with it is, is, you know, anything that I want. Oh yeah. He's got my uh, red factories pre-order. Oh he's yeah. Had that for like a year. <laughs> oh yeah. And that, that's, that's another reason why, you know, I kind of don't want to get out of it. I, I kind of want to make some time with you and play uh, on Vassal. Yeah. You know, with that. Cause um, I remember uh, just looking at the maps for um, the, what was the original? It's not, uh, was it red factories? Red barricades. Yeah. And just, I love just the beautiful Stalingrad, you know, map that they had. Yeah. And I, I've seen people hat that bought, picked this up at winter offensive and the, the map is just gorgeous and it's huge too. Oh yeah. When you put absolutely. them all together. It's, it's enormous. It is. So, so yeah, huh? I'm still in it. Uh, I tell you another thing on here that interested me was, uh, the devil's cauldron reprint. Yeah. I and I've I I don't think it's ASL. I'm not sure. It's uh it's Market Garden. Uh, I think is what it is. It's British Airborne stuff. I think it's like its own just board game. I don't think it's a particular series. Yeah, yeah. That's not ASL, but you're no, right. Um, and apparently its sister game is uh, Where Eagles Dare. This is one I've seen people talk about, and it seems really neat. And I I love the the striking red box and the artwork. But uh, it must be really cool and have a lot of stuff with it for <laughs> the retail price on it's 240 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine actually buying this, even though it comes with like 11 sheets. 11 sheets of, of counters. Count. That is a lot of counters. <coughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it does look cool. And then the, uh, the only other thing was what we were talking about uh, before the show that, uh, oh, Brazen Chariots. Yeah. Being um, the Battalion Combat Series. Whatever that is. <laughs> Apparently, in clicking on it, it the, the BCS series is a step down from the it's Regimental. Is there, is there a Regimental? So there's an OCS. Oh, I'm sorry, OCS. Yeah, Operational. Sorry, and there's it, an SCS, which is standard. I've never played BCS. Actually, I've never played OCS either, but um, I've, got a, I've got an SCS game. And that's a lot of fun, um, but I've never played BCS or OCS. I do know that OCS has a, a pretty vibrant community. There's a, a lot of people that really like playing that one. OCS? OCS, yeah. Okay. But I don't know anything about BCS. I mean, I know that it exists, but that's it. All right. So, yeah, I wonder, like, how big the maps and stuff are for, for OCS. And, again, you know, you're kind of getting to, you're getting to this thing as, like, you know, I need... You know, <laughs> I need a jet. I need a Jedi Master who lives in my area to kind of to kind of take me through this. But uh, yeah, it is interesting, man. I would I would tell you I I would love a documentary on just the people that play these kind of games 
just you know you take a film crew you go all over the world and uh you film and interview these guys and you know, I'm, I'm gonna assume most of them average age is in the 50s but they probably skew skew older yeah, but yeah just to know like their backgrounds, what they come from, and to just, you know, have the mindset to be able to grasp, you know, this level of complexity. Yeah. It's just interesting. Now, you were looking for a tactical game. There's this one front toward enemy. I haven't heard about that one, but that's a tactical Vietnam game. Oh, yeah, I saw that on there. It says uh, trench fighting in um, in Vietnam. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it's, it looks pretty cool. Um, I do not get into uh, Vietnam much. Really? Um, much at all. Now, uh, yeah, I don't. We were talking about tactical games, I think, on the last show, and then you were asking about it on Twitter as well. Or are you gonna you gonna pick up Panzer? Is that what you decided on? Man, they okay. The, uh, apparently, I miss I missed it somehow. Not that I P five hundred anything I can get from NWS anyway, but apparently a new expansion for Panzer came out, right. and it's France nineteen forty. Yeah. And so I was like, Dad, gum. And, you know, and, I, and so I, I'm like, that sounds cool. So I start looking around, and people generally say, yeah, it's a great, um, great series. You should try this out. So I'm like, oh, okay. So now I have to go hunt down a copy of Panzer and then <laughs> get a copy of, you know, this. And so, yeah. I think Panzer's anyway. pretty easy to find. I don't know if it's available in print from gmt right now but it's a pretty easy game to find i've i've seen it around and um i was debating between that and mbt and the fact that i've already playing asl that's got my world war ii itch scratch so i picked up mbt which is the same system but set in 1987 instead of 1940s i've owned mbt and sold it yeah Uh, i got it in something a sale a trade or something and never got around to getting it on the table and of course like i said before if it sits around long enough i sell it uh-huh. <laughs> and, um yeah so um yeah i I'm, i kind of want to hunt down a copy of panzer like it is out of print but it's not really collectible or anything right. it, it it from what i can tell it generally goes for less than msrp you know was on it so i'll try to hunt that down and the last thing we have um we talk, we've talked about uh, Albedo, uh, the miniature game, before a little bit because uh, they do these nice anthropomorphic uh, miniatures, uh, sci-fi miniatures and whatnot, and uh, apparently they have sci-fi water sausages now, and that's really cool. <laughs> and if you don't know what water sausage is, that's what British people call uh, otters. These are otters with like laser guns, and they have little Cooper rays that's so cool i yeah yeah it really makes me want to um yeah just buy it's like what is this and how can i make my life about it you know it it's albuedo the combat patrol it was kickstarted a uh let's see how long ago long time ago so long they didn't have dates and uh it was anthropomorphic uh animals 28 millimeter uh guys and apparently it's based on we've talked about this before the albedo uh anthropomorphics comic and uh yeah just looks really cool of course it's across the pond anything cool always is and uh yeah so whether you like 
furries or not or whatever <laughs> or just cute animals with guns. This is it, man. This is the game for you. And I, I really, they got water sausages, and now I feel like I should get it. Maybe some foxes, maybe some uh, rabbits. I don't know, man. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really digging this. It looks really cool. So what do you guys think? you think you, you would play anthropomorphic miniatures? I would play it if you brought it. I can't see myself <coughs> buying an otter army. An, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not otters. Maybe <laughs> the foxes look cool. And like so, you know, would the wolves be, be? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just quite a few years ago there was at Gen Con uh, a company called On the Lamb, and they made a game called Brushfire, and it was all anthropomorphic. Um, foxes and badgers and um, things of that sort. And it was all kind of, um, uh, I guess I'd put it at, you know, like the late 1800s level of technology. Um, and uh, I just hadn't thought about it. I've got some of the, uh, several of the, of the figures and I hadn't thought about it for quite a while, but I see that the on the lamb games is closed more than a year ago, and they, that was anthropomorphic animals uh, and a war game. And that company was called yeah. On the Land. The game was called Brushfire. Yep, I um I owned um I, I've owned a couple of copies of the rule book, and I actually had had. If you follow me on Twitter, I've posted it before. I think I posted it there. I know I posted it in some Facebook groups. Uh, but I had mine painted up. I had I got the whatever the faction that looked like conquistadors, and then the the faction that looked like samurais. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering about playing them in uh, burrows and badgers. That uh, rule set by Osprey. But yeah, my first um, Gen Con, the fifth was which was the fiftieth a couple years ago. On the lamb apparently uh, folded right before Gen Con, and then they gave uh, Panda Cult Games their booth space. And that's how I met the guys there and ended up backing um, their Kickstarter, which is I'm hoping to get in less than a month. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm very familiar with that. Okay. Okay, I just saw a sculpt of a dog wearing a tank helmet, and I take everything back. I'm buying in. <laughs> <laughs> A dog wearing a tank. Where'd you see it at? It's a critter conversion kit. <laughs> I just put the link on there for you. <laughs> awesome. I'll post it in the show notes. <laughs> I, got, I think that's going to be my new Twitter avatar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Critter conversion kit dog with headgear. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> a nice, it's a nice jowly hound looking dog. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It comes from Sally Forth, which is War Games... War Games with an S buildings.co.uk. He's got the thousand yard stare too. He's seen some stuff. Mm, he is. He's <laughs> absolutely seen some stuff. Let's see the Al the Albedo uh, skirmish starter set. Looks like it comes with Judy Hops and um, a fox. Oh, so it comes with Nick and Judy, and they have guns. Yes, this would be awesome. This is with awesome, the uh, awesome, awesome. The uh, the Albedo thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. L looking at the, uh, we, I clicked on their um, the the combat patrol miniature game. Clicked on it, and it, the skirmish starter said it's forty pounds, which should probably be probably about sixty five, seventy dollars to get it shipped over here. 
buy it and get it shipped. Oh, they have armored personnel carriers and stuff, too. So, ah, really cool. Hey. Oh, yeah, I love the cat heads you can get. Uh, sorry, so, people were so, just, you know, surfing. Speaking of yeah. Zootopia, uh, I see that they're yes. going to... Um, we're looking at two sequels, I happened to notice the other day. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I love that movie. I really, really did it. You know, with the kids' movies, I kind of halfway pay attention to them when, I, when we all go out and see, but that one really grabbed my attention, and I'm like, man, I really like this. Mm-hmm. I re- you know, this is really good. It makes me feel good. It's a good message. good about myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I dug that. So, yeah. I would, yeah, I would, I, I hope it gets it, you know, because a lot of, you know, they keep churning out poor Cars movies. Cars 2 was terrible. Oh, it was utterly terrible. Yeah, I didn't see it. Ugh. Apparently, Mater tested well, and so they were like, "Well, let's just make the whole movie about Mater." Mm-hmm. So, mm. so I guess the and that news was broken by the the actor that voices Fennec said, "Well, you know, I've, I'm doing two more movies with with, with Disney for Zootopia, so cool. He's going to be in it too." All right, so uh, I guess that brings us to the close here, the the end of this little podcast. And like I said, I want your, I want review, I want feedback, I, I want to know what you guys like, what you don't like, what you want to see, what you don't want to see. Uh, Chance of gaming at gmail dot com, and would just be nice and awesome to to do that. And yeah, so um, please uh, do that. You can comment to me on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, and uh, yeah, and you can yell at you. me on Twitter too. And Richard, you can reach me at Roy Toy Cowboy. And I am prepared to at... And you oh, will know yeah, it's me ahead. because you will see an avatar of a dog with a tank helmet. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that Trippier with two P's? <laughs> One P. Two P's and two E's, yes. Trippier. All right. So, uh, yeah, guess that's it. And uh, we'll say goodnight. Hopefully I got this edited and put up. And uh, remember always you can go to chancegaming.com and uh, look at the show notes for all the stuff we talked about. And, uh, yeah, good night. Good night, everyone. Bye.